All right, episode 10 of the Better Dad Podcast, season one. It's the last episode of season one. If you have been a faithful follower in all this, um, I appreciate that. You know, I, I don't know what metrics I hope to have by the end of this. Um, more, more people have listened to it than I thought, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, I... It was just kind of a motivation that as I started kind of my journey as a dad, it just kind of coincided with um, with just what I felt like there was a lack of information out there for just men in general about being men. So I'm like, man, maybe I can use some of my shortcomings or vulnerabilities or experiences to help other dads, whether they be seasoned dads, new dads, about to be dads, considering fatherhood, whatever it is. Um, so I, I pretty much use season one to get my feet wet in the podcast world to kind of blog about all that I've experienced and learned and, you know, messed up along the way. I've had some interviews. Um, season two is definitely going to be a lot bigger when it comes to, um, who we're interviewing and, and kind of what significance they have in this role. I'd like to get some mothers on this podcast as well to, you know, share some insight from, you know, what they see, what they notice, what kind of insight they bring as well so that, you know, fathers can benefit from that too. So, um, stay tuned for that. I've been in this, um, period of of my life where I've been doing some major, I say I, I'll be honest, God has been doing some major um, cleaning out in my life and sometimes it's been by suggestion and I've been, you know, obedient and doing what I needed to get rid of, but most of the time it's been in him having to pry it from my selfish hands. Um, You know, uh, alcohol. I'm coming up on 11 months without alcohol in a day or so. You know, next month will be a year. And I've I've been weird about saying I'm a year sober. Feels like I had this whole program I went to, but in reality, I also have to be honest in the fact that alcohol played a bigger role in my life than I ever hoped it would. Um, or thought it would for that matter. And, um, so this, this last 11 months has been like really, really good, really good. Um, in, in forms of my physical health and well-being, my body composition, my sleep, my brain power, um, my finances, you know, you, you cut out a drink or two at dinner, two or three nights a week. And we're talking like 50, 60 bucks you're saving a week just on meals. Um, it's made me be a lot more intentional in the places I go and the people that I'm around and the things that I consume, which has therefore turned me into what I feel like to be a better father as well. I was just thinking about that, you know, year of sobriety. It's been a year of sobriety from social media as well, which almost in some cases was harder than cutting alcohol out. And, and it was harder to admit too. you know, when you cut out alcohol, everybody's like, man, we get it, you know, good for you. Everybody wants to pat you on the back. But when you like cut out social media and, you know, it's 2022 where businesses thrive off of, you know, marketing and a social media presence and and a lot of people knowing I had a a pretty heavy reach of influence I felt like in Springfield at least Um, you know it seemed weird when I was starting my own business to be walking away from social media completely and uh, I I, the reason I brought this up is I'm sitting here um, I have been gifted this alcohol substitute alternative 
And I'm going to be honest with you guys, anyone that's looking to quit drinking, just quit. <laughs> the uh, the substitutes or alternatives are normally terrible, and I've tried a handful of them. However, I was gifted this today. I think it was today. All my days are starting to blend together. It is from Three Spirit, the number three. Three Spirit, and it's called Nightcap. It's a calming mellow non-alcoholic drink and it's got all sorts of like um tree saps and plants and bright spices and I was kind of like eerie about it at first but it was such a kind gift and it was such a thoughtful gift um and it was from someone that like cared about what I was doing and 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 you know wanting to assist in whatever way possible so I came home tonight and I poured myself a glass and I'm be honest, it is <laughs> it's delicious. I have not had um, any alcohol alternative or substitute that I could even really stomach or bear, but this is actually very delicious. So if you're looking for an alcohol alternative, it's called Three Spirit is the company and Nightcap is the, uh, is the brand or the flavor I got. So you know, if they start selling millions of bottles, I'll know that I've got millions of followers. <laughs> Anyways, to all that to come back to the social media thing, one of the sobering things about social media was kind of having to identify what my worth was without it. And it is so crazy how much stake we put in these things, you know, these, these, these images that we create and, and 99% of the time, they're not real. They're, they're portions of our life, but they're really just the portions that we hope people like, or that we want them to see. Um, you know, we don't often brag about our shortcomings because we live in a culture now where people don't get excited for people's shortcomings. They only celebrate the wins and, you know, so I, I say that, um, to transition into what I was just thinking about, I try and share a story about fatherhood before I kind of go into just my podcast, uh, a personal experience. And my son is coming up on two years old and he is very much so growing into his personality and he is, (laughs) he's very bold. He's very strong. Um, such a such a unique and incredible human being but very much so growing into his personality so you know as a parent you you start to learn these little tendencies that your kids have and and you know I remember someone saying well that's not a poop cry that's a hungry cry and I'm like, how can you tell the difference? It's all awful and loud to me. And then I remember being like, oh, that's this. And someone was like, what? And I go, yeah, that just means he wants food. Or, nope, he doesn't like strawberries. Or, yep, that's his uh, his left shoe. And you're just like, dude, how do you know? Like, it's just a thing that parents do. So I have been paying attention to my son and his eating habits and kind of how he is learning, you know, how much to eat, when to eat, how to explain when he's hungry, all those different things that, you know, kids go through. And I, unfortunately, you know, we, we see these things that we pass down to our kids and we think there's no way they got that. You know what I mean? Like, like the knot on my foot that just seems like it was just randomly there and then your kid has it or like for instance me when I throw up it sounds like an exorcism (laughs) Um, it like actually pushes my body off the floor there's so much velocity coming out of my face Uh, and my son just so happens to have inherited that same uh, superpower you might say. <laughs> so one night we're getting into bed and 
it is always such a sweet time for me. You know, I love running, catching, jumping, tackling, all the fun stuff that we do during the day. But there's something so wonderful and tender about just laying down with him and letting the world kind of just slow down and just to let him fall asleep in my arms. A couple weeks back, it's it's been a long day. I'm exhausted. I'm, you know, he's not feeling the greatest. I can tell he's, you know, when he's not feeling the greatest, he knows it and it affects his emotions. And so, you know, dad's tired. He's tired. I get him into bed, lay him down and... I'm like, okay, I can finally just lay here a minute. And I'll be honest, almost every time, and I'm talking 99% of the time, I lay down with him, I fall asleep. Not stay asleep, but... So, for instance, tonight when I laid him down, um, he was just talking to me, and as he was talking, his little eyes just shut, and he just rolled over, and it was so sweet. And then my eyes shut, and I fell asleep for a minute. So I got up, poured myself a glass... Uh, of this three-spirit nightcap, and now I'm sharing this. Okay, so a couple weeks back, he's not feeling great, and I can tell, but I get him to sleep, and I'm like, okay, good. And so I'm just kind of laying there, and and I'll, I'll be even more transparent. There's a lot of stuff going on in my personal life right now that's just kicking my butt. Um, there's a lot of coals I got in the fire right now that I'm trying to keep warm and they're good ones um, but but Satan is very aware of my attempts and he has been using a lot of different tactics lately and um, and those tactics have you know gotten past my first and second line of defense unfortunately a couple times and really wounded me um, so I'm laying down and he rolls over and he puts his sweet little face in the corner of my neck and shoulder and just I can feel his sweet little breath on my neck and then he coughs and then he throws up chocolate milk and Chick-fil-A all into my beard (laughs) and down my shirt and on him and on my bed and on my comforter and on my pillows and like the most strategic throw up you could imagine. So in that moment, fathers, (laughs) there is an immediate emotion that comes and, and whether it's anger or frustration or defeat or you know insert whichever word you want it's not always man how is my son feeling and I'm I need to be so gracious you know what I mean we just get to this point where like our initial response is like oh my gosh I can't believe it what a day well one thing that like God has really 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 been going after me on is that true authentic peace the peace that surpasses understanding, the peace that allows you to remain steadfast even in really, really difficult situations. And one of the ways that he's done that is through my son. And he has just shown me just just what it looks like to have an overwhelming amount of grace for a human. And so with chocolate milk throw up and Chick-fil-A in my beard and on my shirt, I quickly get him out of bed and I set him down on his two feet. And I go, hey, buddy, are you okay? And so he kind of starts crying because obviously that scares him a little bit. (laughs) And then he throws up again on the floor. And so I go, buddy, come here. So, like, I wrap him up, and I go, it's okay, don't cry. Daddy will take care of it. It's not a big deal. I'm sorry, Daddy, sorry. Don't be sorry, dude. I said, it's okay. Like, things happen. Well, then he throws up a third time, third and final time, as I'm holding him, down my back, 
into the crevice of my shorts and <laughs> seeping down my underwear. And then my dog comes in and he starts licking the throw up up off the floor to which my son had just left there. So my bed is covered in puke. My son is covered in puke. I'm covered in puke. My dog is licking the puke up off the floor and I just want to explode and scream and run away. And in this very, very still moment, it just didn't matter. And I I know it sounds weird. And I know, like, there was definitely an opportunity. There was definitely an opportunity I could have exploded. I could have done whatever. But my son's body did something that he didn't expect or didn't know how to handle. And my response showed my son that no matter what, my dad is calm, cool, and collected, and it's going to be okay. Now, when he went back to sleep, I had like a, a really great cry because the moment I opened the door of my bedroom to go like get some towels and like start the bath, I stepped in one of his diapers that my dog had already shredded. Um, all those little orbs in the bottom of the diaper that soak up the pee had just been shredded all over my house. And so I was just like, you know what? It's cool. It's okay. It's okay. So get little man in a bath, strip the sheets, put new sheets on, get him calmed down. He's okay. He falls back asleep. Now he's laying on my chest. And I can smell the throw up in my beard still. And I am just waiting for him to finally fall asleep so I can go and wash this throw up out of my beard. Oh my gosh. But in that moment, while he may never, ever, ever remember this, I will remember the fact that my son was met with peace in a situation of absolute panic for him. And this is how God like speaks to me as a father. He goes, Caleb, that's me all the time with you. When you throw up on yourself, when you fall short, when you make a dumb decision, when you're selfish and careless, when you are disrespectful, when you're deceitful, when you're all of those things, I'm still patient. I'm still kind. I still clean you up and I still hold you in my arms while you, and I'm just, oh, dude, so good. P- parenting has been wildly refreshing to my salvation just because God has just revealed some things. Now, I still am a walking idiot. Like I, I do this all the time. If you guys are looking for very clinical evidence, um, you've come to the right place because I have a doctorate. Um, and absolutely nothingology. So make sure you cite all of my sources. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a clue. I'm not a child psychologist. I'm not a specialist. I'm a dad of a two-year-old, almost two-year-old, who's attempting to just do the very best he can with the resources and upbringing that he has. All right. So let me try some of this drink again. It is really good. It's weird. I really enjoy this. It's supposed to make you sleepy, though. So if I start slurring my words, because I'm getting tired. All right. So let me take a minute and, and, and talk about something. The, the Better Dad podcast idea itself even without people listening to the podcast, um, it creates a lot of really cool conversations that I get to participate in. <clears throat> it, it allows me to, and if you, if you know me, you know that I'm, I'm always down to talk about something with somebody. And even if they're not down to talk about it, <laughs> I'm, I'm not always the best at reading a room. I'm pretty bold about how I feel. Um, but with this, this, this thought of, you know, inviting dads back to the home, empowering dads. Uh, I had a conversation with a room full of strangers today about 
the differences between single moms and single dads. And a couple of single moms had started talking about how they were naturally built with the ability to do it on their own and men had to learn it. So if you're listening, I, I would I would be curious to know what what you think about that. I'm not I'm not sure I have a completely fair answer or perspective from my end. I do believe that there are characteristics that are innately specific to women that make them incredible at what they do when it comes to being parents. Um, I've seen that in my own mom. I've seen that in my son's mom. I've seen that in a lot of moms that I know that, um, I mean, I have a, a friend of our family right now that is a single mom that takes care of her two kids and, and is going to school and working a job and, you know, doing everything she can on the side to, and, and she's like, I'm just like, when do you sleep? When do you do stuff for you? When do you, you know, she got a, a baby in one arm, a chicken nugget in the other, a little, little person running around, just like crazy stuff that you're just like, man. And, and the thing is, is that I don't know if that's ingrained or if that's more of like a survival technique because there just wasn't any help to, to do so. So, you know, for me and being a single father, I, I've had to learn to adjust in a lot of regards, um, emotionally, physically. I mean, so for instance, my son and I, went to an arcade the other night. It's just me and him. Like, you know, you know, daddy and Sunday. And I was so pumped. Was, he was pumped. I was pumped. Um, I mean, that's my best friend in the whole world. And, and spending any time with him is exciting. But when he says, exciting, dad, exciting, I'm always fired up. So we go into this, this arcade and buffet and... Um, I, I just, in my head, I guess I had mapped out this really strategically fun night. <laughs> and I quickly realized that it's a buffet. And in a buffet, you have to get a tray and a plate. And you got to scoop mac and cheese or salad or pizza or brownies or whatever you want onto that plate that's on that tray and take it back to your seat. Well, when you're by yourself and it's a world we live in right now where you don't trust anybody from anybody, you you don't leave your kid in the high chair while you go get uh, a tray full of food. So I got my dude in one arm, a tray and a plate in the other. And so I would have to walk up, set the train plate down, switch hands, grab the scoop, put it on the plate, switch hands back, slide the tray down. I did, you know, I did that like three or four times and we get seated and we sit down and I'm, I'm like sweaty. I'm exhausted already. Um, and, and I, I just was like, man. This would have been so much easier with another person. You know what I mean? And so that that's one thing I've had to adjust to. Em- emotionally, there's, there's, there's like a ability you have, I feel like, when there's two of you to kind of have a, hey, go cool off, I got this for a minute. Whereas being a single parent, that doesn't always come. Now, if you have a great support system, um, you know, be very thankful for that. I am so thankful for my support system. My mom and my dad are incredible. And, um, I have a lot of friends and family that love my son as well. So if I ever needed a quick five minutes to gather myself or you know, run across the street and grab an energy drink and exhale for a minute, they would do that for me. But you know, when, when you're, you're home alone and, 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 and he throws up on you and he throws up on himself and the dog's licking it up. 
there's no, hey, come fix this. It's, it's you. Like if you don't clean it up, it's going to stay there till you wake up and it's still there. So I, I think, um, God has taken my journey as a, a single dad and, and used it for his glory. I mean, tremendously just in the sense that he has really taught me and empowered me into being very independent as a father and, and in like the best way in a way that says, I cook, I clean, I give baths, I still run a company, I still go to the gym, I still run a football team, I still do all these things that, you know, you would think keep me from doing the things that I love, and, and yet my son is at the center of all of it, and I, I love that, I love that a lot, to be honest, and I try and use that experience to encourage a lot of the guys around me that are dads right now. In a, in a two-parent household. And I'll say things like, hey, you know, take advantage of being a support system for your wife when she's struggling, when she's emotionally beat, when she's had a hard day or whatever, like scoop up your kid and, and, and go away for five or 10 minutes and let her breathe. So one, the, the perspective that's been taught from it and, and allotted from it has just been, I mean, a straight gift from God. But Back to the original question, you know, do moms have it and, and dads have to learn it? I'll be honest. Um, I, I think I have had it the whole time. I just think sometimes we get comfortable or complacent or even culturally driven to this idea that the mom has certain roles when it comes to the kid in the household and the dad has certain roles when it comes to the kid in the household. Let me, uh, let me elaborate on that. That is surprisingly good every time I try that. Okay. So, with a little boy, you know, the dad teaches him how to work on the car and play catch in the front yard and mow the lawn. And the mom does this. You know, I just, I, I, I think, you know, movies and culture have kind of driven that. And I, I think a lot of them are based on genetic makeup. I'm not going to get into that conversation. I trust me. Um, I do think there are gender specific things that help our children's development period. Um, but I think that there are also things that should be shared by the genders that aren't. And I would like to talk about those things now. And so however this applies to whatever listener this is, you're probably either the mom who may have held on the reins a little bit too much or had to hold on to the reins a little bit too much, or you're the dad who has kind of struggled with your purpose in your child's life. I know this because I have been uniquely positioned in the middle of a lot of my close friends' lives that are men that are going through fatherhood. And we talk every week about kind of what it looks like and in, in, in some of their struggles and some of their excitements and et cetera, et cetera. And I'll tell you right now, disclaimer, the dads that are in my life are, are crushing it. I mean, crushing it. I got, I got guys on my football team that were barely not kids themselves having children that the whole world was like, yeah, not a shot that are absolute studs as fathers. I'm thinking of one right now that's got um, two two little guys and, and two different mamas and, and you know, culture's going to look at him and, and, and give him a hard time for that. And he has found a way to make the most of it. And he is such a great dad. And he, I mean, I'm so proud of him. So let's go back to this. Diaper changing, um, feeding him, um, kind of some things early on that, that seem like the mom tends to take a more dominant role in. Now, I understand that a lot of times in the economic dynamic, the husband 
may work while the wife stays home. Um, and if that's the case, that, that makes more sense why that dynamic exists. But most of the time, it's not that way. It's just what we use to say, well, you know, she stays home with him, so it just makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, but when you get home, what happens? So first, I'll address moms. Moms, it is my opinion, and take that for what it's worth, which is like a half-eaten onion. Um, It's my opinion that men will do better when they are expected and demanded to do better. Now, not in every situation and not every man, but I think the majority of men will rise to the occasion and I think absolutely have significant purpose as a father if just prompted the right way. What do I mean by that? Um, Changing a diaper comes with uh, a level of difficulty. It comes with a level of, you know, knowing when and where, you know, knowing what to look for, what not to look for. Um, having to learn how to multitask. There's a lot of things that <clears throat> while to women and in, in that scenario may not be overwhelmed, can seem overwhelming to men. A lot of the times and a lot of the conversations I have with the men in my circle that are dads, they go, I would love to do it. I just, I don't really know how, or I don't want to mess something up. Moms, can I just tell you right now, to invite your dads to mess something up. Can I could do that? Can we can we create a like a healthy environment where where men have kind of the freedom to to experiment by taking a bigger step forward in like the raising of their children? Now obviously I say that with a grain of salt. I don't want them to just be doing the most crazy, wild, outlandish stuff. But moms Demand that the dads change the diaper. And if they get weird about it, be patient with them. Walk them through it. Show them, you know, hey, this is normally what I do. This is normally what I look for. Isn't this cool? Like, have conversations. The more you talk about your child, I mean, that, like, I'm constantly flabbergasted at how human beings are made and, like, built and delivered like <laughs> that that's like top tier most wild thing on the planet to me so talk about your kids together um talk about what you love about them and and, and fellas go learn your kids go learn i mean if, if your wife's got it like that and she's she's crushing it as a mom go glean some of that knowledge um Ladies, I will, I'll throw this out there too. It is important that you, I'm going to get the men next, so relax. Uh, It's important that you understand what fathers feel and go through just purely based on their existence and the culture that we live in. Um, Men have so many stigmas to work through as fathers. There is the classic dad which we're we're really kind of outgrowing but he was the work on the car didn't use any appliance in the house had a cold beer watched the football game while mom worked um was hard on the kid but in a good way and you know showed him his first nudie magazine like that kind of like classic dad then there's the absentee dad where the kid grows up not knowing the dad because the dad didn't have enough tools to figure out how to stay. He was scared. He was panicky. So so then there's that dad. Then there's the, I'm here, but I wish I wouldn't have been dad. So I'm abusive. I'm disconnected. I'm um, just volatilely angry. I haven't dealt with any personal stuff. So there's all these categories that these fathers and us fathers specifically are not trying to fall into, you know, 
we obviously don't want our children's mother to think that or label us as that, but we specifically ourselves internally are constantly fighting to avoid those categories. Mostly probably because we've been exposed to them and our own fathers at some point as well. I mean, most of the time you see a really overly present dad it's because his dad wasn't present at all. A lot of times you talk to these men in my circle. I say, Hey, you know, what's your philosophy to do everything my dad didn't. That's normally the answer you get. So all these men are so hyper aware of trying not to mess up that it almost looks like they don't want to be involved. So women understand that I'm giving you a little bit of like a, uh, an insight to why men may do some of the things that they do. So activate them, speak truth into their life. Tell them, Hey, you are very capable of doing this. Hey, I believe that you are the father that is going to just, you know, change this kid's life. And I, I want you to be like that kind of stuff. Ladies, you, you don't understand the kind of like confidence and what kind of production you're going to get out of fathers when you light them up like that. Okay. Fellas, I told you I was coming for you. You got to be more bold, man. You got to be. Women most of the time have taken that role because we have been too passive and allowed them to do it. Fellas, it is it is just as much your job to change diapers. It is just as much your job to feed him or her first before you eat. It's just as much your job to give baths. It is just as much your job to do any of that. It's just as much your job to do any of the supporting roles while that's all going on. Cook dinner, do all this other stuff. I'm not saying to just be a a walking task machine. But I am saying the idea that you monetarily contribute and that's it has to go away. Because there's a lot of kids that grew up really wealthy that turn out to be turd burgers because their dads were not present. So, fellas, right now in your current life as a man, as a father, if you're about to be a father, if you're already a father, if you're soon-to-be father, if you're a seasoned father, right now ask yourself this question. Am I doing everything available for my child or am I allowing other people to? Am I allowing his or her mom? Am I farming him off on grandparents for babysitting? Am I, you know, even some of these new freaking technology things? I think like a like this this thing I had, I never used. I tried to use it, but my son never used it. Uh, they they like hold your baby for you and they like put him in this rhythm and they've got noisemakers and I'm like you know, just just hold them more. Every time I talk to a, a friend of mine, there's always this like, well, I don't want this to happen. And, you know, I, I you know, we don't want him to grow up and have this. And I'm just like, you know what? I, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where you look back 20 years from now and be like, man, I wish I wouldn't have been so involved. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I wouldn't have tried so hard. I wish, you know, I feel like sometimes that's a fight that would be cool to have. You know what? I just can't stand how willing you are to just take over and just be great and do everything. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's uncommon. But fellas, that's an opportunity we have. That's, that's, that's something that I've learned, like being a single parent, that there is so much that we as men have kind of missed out on. And, and forgotten about this because we just got complacent. So I, I don't think now I, I think that women are, are born with nurturing characteristics. I think that they're built with all sorts, but I also think men are also built with this. And I also think men are built 
with the ability to adapt. And anyone that tells you otherwise just doesn't want to. I have, I mean, almost overnight changed my vocabulary. And from someone who had a a very rotten mouth, you know, my son hears and repeats everything that I say. So if, if I want to be a good example of what it means to have a vocabulary that matches my character, I got to be the one that, that does it. So I, I'm having to slow myself. I'm having to be very intentional in the words that I use. Even today, it was so cool. We're driving home and he goes, Dad, raining. I go, that's right, buddy. I said, it is raining. And he goes, wow. I said, yeah. I said, see those clouds? Can you say clouds? He goes, clouds. I go, those are like rain clouds, buddy. So what happens? And so I just kind of like started talking to him. Started explaining how rain worked. Talked about cumulonimbus clouds and, and weather patterns and heat and cold fronts and all this stuff. And he obviously didn't understand any of it. But I stopped. And he goes, more. And I go, more? Yeah. I go, you want me to keep talking about how plants need water to grow? Yes. Okay. So I'm like, he he was just very much so intrigued at the fact that I was just sharing knowledge with him. So like, you, you got to be up on it. You got to know that they are little baby sponges that are going to be, you know, poured out all across the world. So... I'm telling you, it just activates. Like, fellas, so there's a buddy of mine at church right now, and he just found out the gender, I think, today. Yeah, I have a little boy. Um, he's going to be such a rock star dad. He's 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 a stud of a person anyways. But, um, I, you know, I'm just be honest. I'm just not surrounded by bad dads. Yeah, I, I, love to, I love to gas my boys up, but I just, I'm not. I've got, and I'll be honest with you, I've got dads in my circle that have have been fathers to kids that didn't have fathers, that have taken on children that weren't theirs, that have, I'm just telling you, you know, a lot of times these guys get bad reps because they made a couple of dumb decisions or they may not look exactly like corporate America, but I'm talking some of the, the most incredible fathers you'll ever meet are, are, are playing football for the Queen City and saying, I'm just telling you that right now. Um, so yeah, I, I fully believe that dads have it in them, but you, but you gotta, you, you gotta start pulling that out. You gotta start diving into what that looks like. And that may say, Hey, babe, I need you to take a weekend vacation and I need to know that I can handle this by myself. You know, that might, I'll tell you right now, my best friend um, came up to dinner without his wife with a baby for the first time. And he was very honest and he was like, man, it is, it is very weird to not have her around. He goes, you know, she's, she's kind of this like lifeline and, and it was exciting. It was empowering. And I literally watched him, you know, walk with like this strong chest because he was like, I did it. I freaking took care of him when he cried. I fed him when I was supposed to. I changed his diaper. I was, you know, and I'm like, I, I live for that. I live to see that kind of excitement in my boys. And, and I know that his wife was just like, so at peace to know that, that she had a husband who was a very intentional father and that he was like excited about it. So it, it it's a two-sided coin. Fellas, you got to step up. You got to be more bold. You got to start taking responsibility away from the mom. It's, it's not because she's trying to steal it from you. It's just because that's just what has to be done. And so she does it. So, so be intentional. Go, go do something. Don't, don't just go, hon, are you okay? Yeah. Okay. And then turn the TV back up. That's, just get up. Go take over. 
Go take over. It's great. It's great. I will literally stop dads in the mall that are pushing strollers by themselves or walking around and just and just take five minutes and just be like, yo, how are you doing? And, and nine times out of ten, they're the coolest dudes you'll ever meet. Because they have to be. You know, and they, they don't have a chance to like fall apart. They can't. Um, so, all of that to say, fellas, step up. Ladies, start activating your fathers. Um, ladies, if the father's not in the picture, I'm sorry. I hate that. Um, but it, ladies, if you got some animosity with the father, I hate that for you too. But take a minute and decide what's more important. Is is being angry and upset is now I'm not saying dismiss your feelings. I'm not saying they're not relevant. I'm not saying that what happened in the past or even in the present has been right, justified, anything like that. But I am saying that if there's an opportunity to activate your child's father in a way that benefits your child, we got to be willing to do that. And fathers, vice versa. Fathers, if, if, you, if you've gone through it and you've got something you're carrying, you got to be able to table that, give that away, do something with it. Otherwise, it's it's gonna it's gonna fall into your kid's lap, and that's the last place you want it. So you're gonna have to make some peace with yourself and with those around you if you really want to parent the way that you're supposed to. Okay, this week in church, I'm about to finish up. Psalms eight was our um, chapter we went over, and it's it's David writing this psalm. And he mentions two things that I thought were really good that made its way into the fatherhood sector of my brain, which is always thinking, by the way. The first thing was he talked about having dominion over something. And a lot of the times when we hear the word dominion, we think we reign over, we have control over, we are in charge of a very authoritative word, very, you know, instructor type feel. And, and the, like the, the teaching pastor this weekend was like, I want you guys to think of dominion as stewardship. When I think of stewardship, I almost think of in like a passive sense, Maybe, maybe not passive, but in a more peaceful sense. Stewardship is, more focused on the relationship, whereas I felt like Dominion was more focused on the the role differentiation. And so for me as a parent, I have Dominion over my son. I am his dad, but I am responsible for stewardship. So that means discipline, yes, but also means correcting it also means patience it also means gentleness it also means a sensitivity to his nonverbals that tell me a story it also means knowing what his resting temperature is so when he's a little bit warm i know that there's i mean it just means complete and utter stewardship so so fellas i would encourage you to to really decide are you participating are you facilitating stewardship for your children, for your household. Um, and then the other thing, let me look real quick. I wrote it down. Oh. <laughs> so the question was posed, is it more difficult to trust God or is it more difficult to obey him? And I, I, I was really plagued by that question because I feel like both are super difficult a lot of times. Um, But the the teaching pastor is like, I think it works um, together. I think that if you trust God, you will obey him. And I think as you obey God, you will learn to trust him. And I'm like, man, wow, that, that is, that's fatherhood for me right now. My son, when he is obedient, 
It's because he trusts that what I am instructing him to do or what I am requesting him to do or what I am correcting him to do. He trusts that I have the best interest for him. So, fellas, if you are struggling with an obedient child right now, what have you done to earn their trust? You know, a lot of the times we forget that, you know, while there are redo buttons, while we have grace and forgiveness, our children are very impacted by our initial response. So if if you've got some anger you're dealing with at work or, or with your spouse or with whoever, and something happens with your kid and you explode on them, you can go back and apologize, but you still exploded on them. So obedience will be yielded when trust is acquired. So I'm telling you right now, and so then and vice versa, as they start to obey, hoping that the commands you're giving them, the correction that you're giving them, the requests that you're giving them are leading them down the right path, they will also start to trust you as well. So, um, I just thought that that was really good, the idea of trust and obedience and how hand-in-hand hand they go together and making sure that we are trustworthy men, trustworthy stewards of what we have dominion over so that that obedience is, is yielded in a way that they are learning and that they are being protected and that they're making the right decisions and that we're preparing them for this crazy world that they're going through. All right. So I'll uh, I'll finish on this note. The episode title is You Can't Panic and Parent. You you got to and I mean this wholeheartedly. You got to make sure that you are at peace personally as best possible before you go parent because the last thing your kids need is any more crap thrown at them that they weren't ready for they're already dealing with it at school they're already dealing at it interpersonally they're already dealing with their friends they're already seeing it on social media so the last thing that they need is to think oh great my dad's a basket case my dad's gonna be mad about like don't be that dad Don't allow yourself to be the dad that doesn't give peace in a room when he walks in. It is so easy to panic as a parent. It is. It's so easy. You you panic over the decisions that they make, the things that they say, the things that they do, because you know what's good for them. But you have to realize that also the delivery of your panic is not good for them. Think about your own life. You Think about the jobs that you've had where you were constantly on the chopping block and you were f- afraid for your job and, and you just knew you were, you were one wrong move outside of getting fired. Like you just don't, you don't thrive in that environment. But think about the employment where you were cared for and they, and they, and they loved you. Like this, this, I just did this class recently that's owned by some of the coolest people on the planet. And I mean that, I really mean that. And there was just proof that they're good people. You know, they'd ask about my son. They asked about my hobbies. They remembered my name. They cared about what I did. They cared about my my knowledge from the class. Just like everything, and and like that. That's what I want to kind of like emulate. I was so able to learn and thrive in that environment because I was such at peace because the people that were running the show knew exactly how the show went to the point that they could even walk me through what to expect so I have no fear now uh, of that I, I have so much peace in that so fellas same way in our children's lives may they forever find you as a peaceful resting place matter what it is you know dad hey i messed up okay but come home if you got a little one hey 
they fall and hurt themselves, if, if they drop something, if they break something, just remember this. There's nothing on this planet that you have as a possession that is more important than the development of your child. There's not. So they dropped your phone in the lake. It sucks. It is frustrating. You got to get a new phone. Cost you a thousand bucks. You almost had this one other paid off. Like there's a million. I get it. I get it. I get it. But these humans that are still learning social interactions and how to feed themselves and all this stuff, like they rely on your peace. So fellas, if you don't have peace right now, you got to get some. And I'm not talking the Facebook piece where you're like, yeah, me and all minds, we're good. Or where you post a photo of you, you know, driving, listening to cool. I'm talking like the legitimate piece. So when stuff hits the fan, you are fully capable of handling it. Sometimes that means accountability. Sometimes that means having a guy in your life that will speak truth into it, uh, even when you don't want it. That's been one of my greatest attributes is having better men than me in my life who will call me and say, hey, you know what? God's still working, so you need to shut up and keep doing it. I like had that conversation tonight. So you got to get your peace right. You cannot panic and parent. The last thing that helps avoid panic. Ready? Another P. Preparation. Preparation and prayer. But preparation. Preparation says, I am fully ready for any possible scenario. I have a go pack in the back of my car that has a t-shirt for me, a pair of shorts for me, an extra pair of underwear for me, an extra diaper for him, an extra shirt, shorts for him, a hat just in case something goes on with his head, sunscreen, lip balm, Tide pen, like anything you can imagine, I'm ready for it. Because I know that being a dad, it comes with a million different scenarios. And there's stuff that I still don't have in there that I'll learn along the way and be prepared for. So preparation helps avoid panic, which allows you to parent. And then prayer. Uh, You know, I, I was talking to my little cousin the other night and we were talking about a sales philosophy. And so my sales philosophy was, fall in love with the product, then it's not sales. It's just giving your brother advice about something that they might not have known about. And I feel the same way about my relationship with Jesus. I can tell you, hey, I've tried sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I've tried it. Tried it to a point in excess that you were just like, we get it. And I've been empty. I've been disappointed. I've been, I've come up short every time. And God has been the only thing that stood the test of time. He has been the only thing that has ever delivered legitimate hope. He has been the only thing that has ever accepted me at my complete and utter worst, disappointing, shortcoming, fall on your face, loser mentality. He has always welcomed me back. So prayer preparation, perseverance, any P you can come up with to avoid panicking to parent better. So, um, bit rambly tonight. I've, I've just got a lot on my heart. <clears throat> wanted to close up season one um, with this episode to talk a little bit about just some things that have been weighing heavy on me. If you made it this far, an hour. Oh my God, that's crazy. I am a long-winded idiot. Um, if you made it, I would really love some feedback. So email me, text me. Uh, you can Facebook Messenger me. I still have Messenger. I'd love to know what you think on this. And if, if it's, it's a phone call conversation, let me know. I'll hand you my number so we can do that too. Um, whatever, whatever side of the coin you're on. Married dad, single dad, married mom, single mom, you know, stepdad, stepmom, foster mom, foster, you know, whatever it is, I just want to learn. I just want to gain perspective so that when I meet anybody and everybody, I can be like, Hey, like there is hope for you. There are people that are currently doing it. Here's what I've learned along the way. I just, 
I'm just telling you, I'm just in a posture right now of just of just wanting to see dads kick butt. That's all I really want. Being a father is is hands down the greatest thing I've ever had happen to me in my entire life. And I have done some really cool things. I've had some really amazing opportunities. But they don't even scratch the surface on my overwhelming, purposeful excitement I have of being a dad. So, Can't Panic and Parent, Episode 10, Season 1 is now complete.